It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Jaguars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. Make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host, Chris Thornton. You can find him on Twitter at Misto Christopho. Chris, as always, say what's up to the people. (laughs) Whew, just did a whole line of Jaguars. I'm ready for this podcast. How are you guys doing? <laughs> this is our second podcast that we're recording in a row. We've been sitting at our computers with our mics on for like an hour because we just recorded a question and answer pod because we had a lot of great questions from Jags Twitter. Make sure to check out that pod if you haven't already. I have no idea which pod went up first. Chris is our it is at my discretion, man. However, being yeah. here for an hour at this desk is actually pretty short compared to the time that I dedicate here as a useless member of society. What? <laughs> an hour's pretty That's, good. Usually, usually that, I'm sitting in this chair for like six hours. So an hour so far, we're on pace for a pretty good day. This took a drastic <laughs> turn. Uh, be sure to check out that pod. We talked a lot about quarterbacks. We talked a lot about the draft. We talked a lot about what's going to happen after the season finale against Houston in terms of coaching changes, uh, front office stuff. It's an exciting episode with a lot of great questions and a lot of okay answers. <laughs> but speaking of this matchup, we're going to go ahead and break down this Jaguars versus Texans game that's coming up on Sunday, the Jaguars finale for the season. Thank God it's almost over. Um, we got three matchups of the game to keep an eye on, so we're keeping this pod nice, short, and sweet, so it's naturally going to go on for 45 minutes. Um, but we've got three matchups we've highlighted that we think will determine the game. Full disclosure, I'm not in the business of wanting to see the Jaguars lose a good draft position. And I put a little pause there just to give you guys some suspense. Uh, I don't normally root for the Jags to lose no matter what. The Jaguars are in such dire need of a quarterback in a weak quarterback class with only one guy worth a damn at the start of the draft at this point with Justin Herbert going back to school. I want them in the best draft position possible because I would rather see them be good in winning in the long term than winning meaningless games and hurt themselves in the long term and win less games going forward. That's just my logic. If you don't like that, you can get up out of here. I don't really care. Thank God. Um, (laughs) Bye, Chris. I just don't see, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think that it's smart. You gave me the pass to leave, so. I I I did. take it. I don't think it's smart to win yourself out of position to be better in the long run. When you're winning games that have literally no positive impact whatsoever in terms of this team going forward. Sorry. I mean, it's just that's where I'm at at this point. But, I mean, let's assume that everyone does want the Jags to win. We're going to take a look at the three important factors to this game that will help them do that. So, for one, Blake 
Bortles is bike. He is taking his starting job back for one last hurrah as a Jacksonville Jaguar before ultimately being let go this offseason. Um, whenever that happens, we'll see. But that's what it's looking like will happen. But he gets to give Jacksonville one last little bit of nostalgia to hold on to for the rest of their lives, thinking what could have been. <laughs> um, do you think he changes anything with what's going on with this offense and the injuries and everything and the ineptitude of both quarterbacks? Do you think that there's any difference we'll see on the field with him out there versus Cody Kessler from a quarterback standpoint? I mean, we saw when he came in in the Dolphins game, he ran a lot of read option. <laughs> so we might just see more of that with David Williams and Blake Bortles, you know, read option season, Dimitri Flowers. And I think that that's important, and that's why they want him to play because they like his mobility, but that doesn't – I still – you guys don't have to like it. I believe Cody Kessler is still a better passer, and that's the more important role of the quarterback to the point where if the offensive line were healthy right now, I'd take Kessler over Bortles any day of the week. I'm just at that point. Like, you want someone that can accurately throw the football in the passing scheme that they have rather than someone who's mobile just naturally with an offensive line as banged up as this one is with like a fourth string left tackle, right tackle, third string left guard. I don't even know, man. It's so hard to keep up with. I I guess I should say I get the move to go back to Blake if you are trying to win because of his mobility, but in a vacuum with a healthy offensive line, I'm still taking Kessler over Bortles. I, I don't I, 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 I take your quarterback position and I raise you a Tanner Lee. Oh, <laughs> the Jaguars did promote Tanner Lee to the active roster for the first time. He spent the entire season on their practice squad. He was the sixth round pick out of Nebraska, I believe, or Wisconsin. Cornhuskers. Potato, potato. They're like the same thing. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, turnover prone guy, really confusing pick. Did not seem like the type of pick that this team would want to make with the style of offense that they run. And I know for a fact that there's some people that hated that pick. Um, But but that's besides the point. I don't think he's going to play at all. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. what do you think Blake – what do you think Blake can do against Houston that keeps them in this game? Well, before we move on, I'll I'll just put out my hot take there. I think surprise inactives to make room for Tanner Lee on game day – I think Fournette will be inactive, which isn't that much of a surprise. I think Cody Kessler might be inactive. That's one of my kind of hotter takes. And I think Malik Jackson is going to be inactive this week. So those are my hot takes for the inactives list to make room for Tanner Lee, who I think will end up throwing a pass this game. Uh, But what Blake Bortles, did you ask what can he do or what he needs to do? Both. Give me both. Okay, well, what he needs to do is not turn the ball over, which uh, that's, you know, number one at the top of the quarterback, you know, pyramid of things to not do is turn the ball over, which he's a very good job at doing that. So uh, don't do that. Don't blink portals it. Uh, what he can do, he can open up the defense a little bit with his ability to run. And when Blake Bortles is kind of feeling himself and running, he is basically like a damn fullback out there. He can bulldoze you if he needs to. He has a little bit of agility to where he can spin move if he needs to. He can kind of put you out of your cleats a little bit if you're caught unsuspected on the boat. So 
Uh, that is one thing that I think he is always good at, and I, like you said, I think that's why he's starting this game because he is able to escape the perils that is his offensive line, uh, can extend plays. Now, granted, with Blake Bortles, extending a play doesn't really mean anything because he still likely won't get the ball where it needs to go, but it at least gives you the opportunity to extend it if he somehow, through the luck of God, gets the ball to the receiver's hands. Do you think that he can save his ass in Jacksonville? By playing well against Houston, or is it is he gone? Er, I would like to say that he's probably gone, and unless he throws for like an NFL record eight touchdowns this week and like six hundred yards and like just like absolutely decimates the Texans, just like they want to cease as a franchise because they just got bortled so hard, then I doubt he saves his job. Yeah, I, I don't see any way that he saves his job at this point. Um, but we'll see. No, we won't see. I'm, I'm convinced he's gone. <laughs> but yeah, I think the mobility factor really only reason why they could possibly risk his contract at this point. He gets hurt and suddenly you might be stuck with paying him the money that he's due at least 16.5 to maybe the entire 21 when there's a way to turn it into 9.5 uh, total owed to him this off season, if you cut him post June 1st, but that mobility is, I mean, it's, it, he's proven that he can do it before and they ran read options well against Miami and they've done it well in the past. So I'm sure we're going to see a ton of that. Who we're going to see a ton of that with. We'll see. We'll talk about that when we come back from this quick break. So who could Blake Bortles run a read option with? Probably not Leonard Fournette is he's going to miss yet yeah. another game this season drink um, <laughs> to drop under 30% offensive snaps TJ Yeldon and Carlos Hyde have both been inactive uh, Hyde was inactive two weeks ago Yeldon was inactive last week Marone has said on record he wants to see more out of David the kid Williams who the Jaguar signed off of Denver's practice squad after he was an under uh, no a seventh round pick for Denver this past year um, he's come in, he's played decently well when he's been on the field. At least he did two weeks ago, two weeks ago in the final game here at home against Washington. I think he averaged like six yards per carry or something like that. At that point, he had a couple of really nice runs, some night displayed some nice vision and some ability to break through contact. And I think they're looking to see what they want to do at running back. Cause they're obviously not happy with Fournette's production and what happened with him this year. Carlos Hyde's, I'd bet going to be gone. He's offered them nothing waste of a fifth round pick and they could save almost $5 million by cutting him. I think TJ Yeldon is going to be gone. He'll probably be a little too expensive to bring back as a change of pace guy. It's probably as Chris has said for a long, long time going to be a nice consolation prize to whoever misses out on Le'Veon Bell. In which case Dave Williams is on, I think a three year deal still after this year. I think he had the full four years. Uh, he'd be really cheap as a former seventh round pick, in which case they're trying to see what they can get out of him, for maybe to be the team's third or fourth back next year, and then readdress the running back room throughout the entire offseason, maybe add a rookie or another free agent. But they're trying to get what they can out of David Williams and get a real good evaluation of him. So maybe we'll see him play really well and run those read options this weekend. David Williams is RB1 for this Jacksonville Jaguars team, which isn't saying a whole lot, but he is one of the best runners on the team. Just just saying. Only 
The only two people ahead of him that have higher PFF rushing grades are Cody Kessler and D.D. Westbrook, who has... Wait, own- what? <laughs> <laughs> Cody Kessler? Yes. You're kidding. No. <laughs> Read this out to me. I'm confused. Cody Kessler has... 15 scrambles for 123 yards and nine first downs. Six of his runs really? for 10 plus yards. Yes. He also has five fumbles, though, so he has a really, really bad fumble rating. Then you have D.D. Westbrook, your number one rusher, who has nine rushing attempts for 98 yards, five first downs for 10 plus yards, and he has two fumbles, but. Anyway, D.D. Westbrook is your highest rated rusher, which obviously the sample size is low. Leonard Fournette is your fourth highest with 133 attempts for 439 yards, which for you quick mathers out there is 3.3 yards per attempt. So not very good either. Uh, So there's that. And then you have Carlos Hyde, who's behind him. He averages 3.7 yards per carry. So David Williams is your best running back. (laughs) Use him. Wow. D.D. Westbrook, unless it's a defender making an interception, is far and away the best ball handler on this Jaguars team. Better than Leonard Fournette when it comes to, you know, making a play on his own with the ball in his hands. Uh, Better than any other receiver. Better than any tight end. I mean, whether it's him at receiver, him running, him as a punt returner, like – that's my take for the year. And I was really pumped to see him play so well. I projected he'd really thrive in the role that Marquise Lee usually served, but his injury obviously knocked him out of that. Um, I wrote about that before the season started. Probably my best take of the year is how well Westbrook would probably develop and play. And he's done just that. So I say, if you're not giving Dave Williams the ball, give Dee the ball. But I definitely think Williams is going to get a nice amount of carries. And we could definitely see that with the read option this week. Him, Maybe run him a little bit out of the eye formation with Dimitri Flowers, who was also promoted from the practice squad. Uh, former Oklahoma H-back, fullback type. Caught a lot of balls as a fullback, which is weird, and had a lot of rushes at Oklahoma. Like He had a nice stat line for a fullback, and he's a really athletic type of guy. Maybe they're viewing him as a replacement for Tommy Bohannon if they're just ready to get some excitement out of their fullback. Flowers could be that guy, so hey, I mean – a rejuvenized or rejuvenated, 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 rejuvenized, uh, real, an exciting week 17 backfield behind an amateur offensive line in Blake Bortles, Dave Williams and Dimitri flowers. I mean, sign me up. Yeah. I mean, DD Westbrook sneakily, uh, looking at the math real quick, uh, only needs a hundred scrimmage yards this week to eclipse a thousand on the year. So, uh, I didn't Ooh. realize I didn't realize he had 700 receiving yards. I didn't realize he was that high, but he has 707 receiving yards. And actually, sorry, no, I I was 100 off. He needs about 200 scrimmage yards this week, because uh, he he's at oh just over 800 because he has those 98 rushing yards and then 707 receiving yards. So just gotcha. over 800. So around you know just under 200 scrimmage yards, whether that be receiving and rushing or whatnot. Uh, to eclipse a thousand, but nonetheless, he is their second highest 
offensive rated player on the team first highest if you're not including the offensive line he's only behind brandon linder so he has been their best player this year and is a playmaker with the ball in his hand plus he has that prompt return for a touchdown so he's even putting in work in the return game yeah there's i he's 100 percent this offense's best player and he might be next year too regardless of who comes in this offseason i think westbrook is like Honestly, one of the cornerstones to this offense, which is great to see out of a former fourth round pick and great to see for my takes. Uh, when we come back, we're going to flip it to the defensive side of the ball, a matchup we're always going to talk about when things are going on for Houston. And no, we're not talking Jalen Ramsey, DeAndre Hopkins. That debate's so boring. Uh, we That's a great matchup. Don't get me wrong. But what's important here is this Jaguars defense versus Deshaun Watson. We got that right after this break. Deshaun Watson has put himself into like the lower tier, but still there of MVP talk. Uh, obviously, the debate's really been between Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees, but I think Watson's definitely put his name up there. Dude is still such a great athlete, a great recovery from his knee injury. He and DeAndre Hopkins have an incredible connection this year. Over a hundred or a hundred receptions, maybe over, not a single drop for. Hopkins so their connection is obviously booming but Watson can make you pay with the ball in the air whether he's on the run I mean he can do it all as a quarterback and he could give Jacksonville some problems obviously Houston's got a really bad offensive line so that could help Jacksonville's defense a good bit here but at the same time you know you always got to be able to try and contain Watson that's something they're gonna have to do on Sunday if they want any chance at winning this game yeah, uh, the pass rush is definitely going to have to be A+. plus. Now, the thing about containing Watson is, yes, you can still get pass rush, but you have to be able to hold the pocket and keep it intact because if you push the pocket too far, Watson can burn you just as easily scrambling and moving up the middle. So it's really going to be on whoever the defensive tackles are to get interior pressure either fast enough or be able to hold their man and be able to shed a block if Watson looks like he wants to go forward. So that's going to be really key if the Jaguars want to contain Watson because, yes, you might be able to break the edges and get around with either Ngakwe and Campbell or Ngakwe and Smoot or whoever's on your edges, but if you can't contain that middle ground or if you leave a big enough gap in the middle, Watson's going to burn you. So that's going to be the biggest thing for this Jaguars pass rush and defensive line is holding that pocket still to where you either collapse it fast enough to where you get the sack or hold it to where your man can make a play or force Deshaun Watson to make a throw he doesn't want to do. But you know what that requires? Scheme hmm. changes and adjustments. Uh-huh. So the Jaguars are going to get gashed. Uh, but, I mean, what would you do if, as a defensive coordinator going against Watson with the talent you have on defense? I mean, just from top to bottom. I mean, you like you said, contain, but be able to hold the middle as well. But, like, would you, I'd probably run a little bit more press with our guys there and try and coverage Zach Watson or coverage, make him – I mean, you, you can – while he's definitely electric on the run, I mean – I feel like you can limit him a lot more if you force him to just keep scrambling and not try and throw the ball because he is truly dynamic as a passer. So if you're running press, maybe blitzing a little bit more with that containability, uh, then you can try and get coverage sacks. But I don't think just a pure pass rush is going to knock him off his rocker. Press nickel. So have extra guys in the secondary. Uh, however, DJ Hayden has proved he can be a good blitzer if needed. But run that press nickel. That way you're keeping all the options downfield uh, open. Keep Campbell 
inside as much as possible because he's by and far your best run defender and might be the best run defender in the league. So if he's in the middle, he's likely to make a more he's likely to make a play on Watson if he scrambles compared to other guys. So your likely best defensive scenario to containing Watson is running the kind of that press nickel, maybe bring your safeties down a little bit, you know, help at the line. Uh, you have Jan outside. You have Darius and Campbell inside. And then you're running Smoot on the other side. Or McCray. I don't even know if McCray's playing. Is he still healthy? I uh, don't. I, don't, I you, think he's been on and off. Whoever your healthiest other edge rusher is, you keep him there. So that's what I'm running to contain Watson. That is my contain Deshaun Watson defense. Obviously, you can't keep that on the field all the time. But... In situations where you need to contain him and not let him scramble, like longer third down plays or whatever, that's what I'm running. So that is my my, my defense for success right there. That, that's the formula. That's the layout. That's what I'm doing to keep Deshaun Watson at bay. Now, random question that's a little off topic. If I, without, I don't know if you're looking at the stats right now. If you had to guess how many pressures behind Malik Jackson is behind Yannick Ngakwe at this point in the season. How many would you say? Uh, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint and Jan's at 58. What do you think Malik's at? I'd say he's probably in the high thirties to low forties. And I don't think I can really, cause I do think he's been a great pass rushing player when he's been in not as much against the run. But, I mean, over the past couple of weeks, he's seen his snaps cut so much that the number could honestly be higher. 46. Really? So he's only 12 behind Unique. He's only four behind Campbell. Campbell's at 50, and Malik's at 46. So uh, Malik probably has a good case in free agency, but I was just kind of looking at that, and it kind of shocked me at how close he still is despite having 100 uh, behind Yannick, he has a hundred, or behind Unique, he has a hundred and six less snaps, pass rushing snaps. He has uh, a little about eighty or ninety less, but so hundred less snaps. But he's still only twelve pressures within. So I would say that Jackson, although he's not getting home, has still had a decent year. So maybe Jackson won't be a surprise inactive if they're trying to contain Watson. Now this is if they're trying to win, and if they're you know trying to foe win, you know make it look like they are, but they're not. Jackson will probably be inactive, but I, I just thought that was a, a point that you and our viewers might find interesting. That is really interesting, and I do still believe he's going to be gone this offseason no matter what, um, which you know sucks because he's, I think, a really great guy to have in Jacksonville. I really liked getting to meet him this past offseason and work with him a little bit, and obviously he's been a force for the Jaguars on the field when he has been on the field for the most part of his Jags career. I still do believe he's gone just at the end of the day to save cap. And however, that pressure count and the ability to still pass rush is probably what makes him intriguing enough for teams to call about a trade. I don't think you could get a lot for him because he is decently expensive, but I do believe his production is there, at least in terms of getting pressure to have teams interested. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the value is going to be there for Malik uh obviously like last year it's not going to be nearly as high but i still think you could probably fetch in a late day two early day three pick from yeah for sure and i think that should just about do it for us here at locked on jaguars like i said to start the show make sure to follow the show 
as well as Chris and I. You can find me at Zach underscore Goodall. Chris at Misto Christopho and the Lockdown handle at Lockdown Jaguars. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Megaphone.fm. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Lockdown Jaguars. And we will catch up with you guys on what should be a really fun week next week with a lot of change coming in Jacksonville after, of course, this great Jaguars-Texans game that we're going to have on Sunday.